We're so glad you came. The Bible tells where there's two or three together together, he is here. Don't have to be a whole lot of people for God to show up. And I believe he's here tonight. I feel his presence. And I know that they're having a great time over in the conference up in Colorado Springs. And uh, is anybody able to see it online or on, I should say, on Facebook? Anybody seen it yet? Okay, you seen it? He's seen it out there in the front? Okay. You seen it? All right. All right. Okay, we got four or five of you. Most of you have seen it. <clears throat> what we're going to do tonight, we didn't have any praise and worship, obviously, because I can't play the keyboard, I can't play the drums, and I can sing okay, but we decided to go ahead and do it this way, and I'm going to bring a word tonight I think is important, but we're going to have a little bit different op option here tonight. We're going to have praise and worship afterwards, but I'm not going to lead it. We're going to let the home church lead it. So what we're going to be doing tonight at 8 o'clock, if you'd like to stay, we're going to be playing on the screen up here, and uh, the conference will start at 8 o'clock, uh, our time, it's already started there, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, we're going to, they praise and worship, and they go into the preaching of the word, and it's, it's, I understand it's been great, I haven't, we haven't been able to get it very good on our, on our system at home, but uh, on Facebook, but I know that it's going to be a powerful night tonight because I know that I know that I know that pastor who's preaching tonight. And I know that he's going to do right well. I talked to him this afternoon, and he is amazing. Uh, you know, most of us who have preached and don't preach every week, uh, when we get together a sermon, and you understand this, Donnie, when you get a sermon, you don't just come to you. It takes a lot of preparation takes hours and reading and studying and praying. Well, he has been praying all about this all day long, and at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he had no definite word he was going to preach on. I told him I'd been, I'd been shaking in my boots if that had happened to me. But he wants to hear what the Lord says to him so he can give it out, and I'm glad he did that. But he told me he thinks what he's going to preach on has to do with faith, and he gave me a little, uh, little, little bit of it, and he said that he felt like he wants to do that. Now, his family wanted to preach on how we got this building. So I said, well, can you do both? He said, I think I'm going to do both. But he's going to mainly talk about, as I understand, what he talked about, the Lord hadn't changed his mind. He'll be preaching on faith tonight. So at 8 o'clock sharp, we're going to be watching. If anybody wants to stay, if not, we'll go home and kick your feet up and watch it there. Uh, I don't know why it didn't work out this time for the Internet to pull it up, but we tried, and it kept kicking us back to Facebook. So anyway, that's where we're at, and I know this is going to be a great night. been praying for a conference that God would move mightily, and uh, it's going to be a good time for everybody that's there and see what God does when he get back. Amen? Praise God. Well, the, the word I've got for you tonight, and I've, teased uh, 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 Rowdy a little bit the other day. I didn't give him what I was going to preach on, but I said it's two letters, only two letters. You want to kick that up there if you can? What if? That's more than two letters. <laughs> I didn't go to school and do very well, but I know more than that. It's, it's not just two letters. But if is the two letters. The two letters I was going to talk about, I'm talking about tonight is if. But what if? What a powerful, powerful thought. What if? 
Now, I want you to do this tonight. I want you to be thinking. Put your thinking cap on because when I begin to speak about what if or if, I'm going to be using a lot of personal things in my own life, and I want you to do the same thing to yourself. You go ahead and be thinking about the word if, and you think, what if that I did that, or what if I didn't do that, or what if I should, I should have done that. So tonight, as we go through this, we're going to have a little story told. How this works is, is the fact that I'm going to say it, but you think about yourself as you've got to have a two-minded, two-edged minded sword here to use, divide this thing up. Because as I say it, you think about your own life. And it'll minister to you if you do that. Father, tonight we come before you, knowing God that you are the great God Jehovah. God, we know that tonight that you are blessing and moving upon the conference tonight like never before. Now, Father, we ask the uh, leader of this house, God, Blake Andrews, to minister tonight in a powerful way in Colorado Springs and let your spirit move upon him tonight. God, let the people receive what he has to say in the spirit. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. If I be lifted up, what a powerful scripture, thinking about lifting Jesus up in worship and lifting him up and honoring him and glorifying his name. If he be lifted up, you think about the Lord was lifted up and suspended between heaven and earth on that cross. He was lifted up. Deuteronomy 9 or 7, 9 says, Were there they know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Thinking about that, how powerful it is to realize some say generations are 40, some say 70 years. If at 40, that's 40,000 years. That's a long time to live. I don't think we're going to outdo that on this earth. But I know this. Thank you, sir. We have two different microphones. Yeah. Testing. All right. Thank you. We have two different kind of microphones. So one goes off and one on pause. So Deuteronomy tells us that if we keep his commandments, he'll be faithful to us for a thousand generations. Being faithful to God, being faithful to his church. And tonight we're faithful because we're here. Amen? Being faithful to our house, being faithful to our family. One of the things that if you've been here any amount of time, you'll know is that we are a family. We are not a dysfunctional family. We are a very functional family because our family is headed up by Jesus. And we, we allow him to move in this family. And we honor him for being the head of our family. One of the things that happens, unfortunately, in a lot of people, they don't come to church and don't stay in church and they don't get involved in church and they get something go wrong with them and something happens in their life that's devastating and they have nobody to turn to. 
they wind up talking themselves, going to psychiatrists, trying to figure out what to do. But what we do here is we come together. I, I encourage you tonight, just continue keeping on, keeping on. Believing God is going to be able to do what he said he do, does in his word. We don't want to give up. I preached a message one time that said, don't give up, don't give in, and don't give out. Whatever you do, keep on trucking. So this sermon is if. If means to suppose so. If means to present a question. I suppose that is it. Is if, if. The Bible is infallible, unchangeable, and holy. It has the answers to all our questions. Life is made up of a lot of choices. Sometimes we do the right thing, and sometimes we don't. How many would like to do the delete button like it's on the, your computer on some of your life? You'd like to mash that delete button and say, I don't want to know about that. I don't want to do it again. I don't want to hear about it. Just delete that thing and it's done. If we could change, it would be great. We could do that. A lot of times we get in situations in life where we get wrong relationships. We get wrong people we hang around. We make wrong decisions. I don't like to tell this story, but I like to be honest. I like to tell people the, uh, you know, what happens in my life. And you can tell what happens in your life if you want to sometimes in a testimony of what, what God brought you through. But letting people influence you is not a good thing if it's bad. Good influence is good. Being discipled is good. But I was hanging around a bunch of guys who were very successful and had a business that was doing multi-million dollar business, making good money, thinking I was big, thinking I was important, thinking I could just, you know, fit in right with them big executives, and I wasn't there yet, but I was on my way. So I decided one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like them. And they all smoke cigars, big cigars. That's what them big executives do. If you watch TV long enough, they got cigars. And so I thought I'd fit right in, and I began to smoke cigars. Now, I, I was taught never to smoke. I was taught never to drink. And thank God I've never drank, but I did smoke cigars. You know, the devil will take you places you want to go, keep you longer you want to stay. It's hard to get out of it. I made a dumb mistake, and if I wouldn't have, if there's that if, if I wouldn't have to fell in that trap, I would have not had seven years of addiction to cigars. And I'm not, I'm not raising that thing up because it's terrible. I should have never done it. I went to my wife one day, and she was very loving, very kind, and I don't know how in the world I fooled her. I ate a lot of gum. And I had people smoke in my office. They, they thought it was, I, I kept saying that was, oh, stunk in there. People smoke in the office, you know, and I wasn't being honest with her. And so what happened was one day I went to the bedroom, sat down with her on the bed, and I said, honey, I got something to tell you. She was so relieved that all it was is when I told her about the cigars. But she, she thought I was going to have an affair or something. So anyway. I made that stupid mistake and stupid thing I did. But what if I hadn't ever started? I wished I wouldn't have. So my, my thing was, my sin was I fell into that trap of listening to people and following them 
and doing what they did. But if I hadn't started, I wouldn't have had to stop. Maybe your list is a little bit different tonight. Maybe your addictions or problems were different tonight than mine. But I'll present some of the ifs from a personal perspective that might help somebody tonight in this, this time of preaching. As I present this list of ifs in my life, like I said a while ago, think about your life and circumstances. Going back many years, 76 years ago, what if my parents had not met in Sanger, Texas at a church and had not went to church the same night? This is pretty crazy. They were there. My dad wasn't even going to that church. He was here working in Oilfield as a young man. My mom had not gone to that church. She went there to visit with a friend of hers. So she was sitting on the back row. Dad was uh, asked by the pastor, would you like to come up tonight and lead the uh, testimony service? So my dad said yes, and he said he got up there, and there wasn't many people, but he looked back on the back row. There was a beautiful brunette back there, and he looked at her, and he said, I want to marry her. Two months later in Fort Worth, Texas, they got married. But what would have happened 76 years ago if they hadn't gone to church that night? What would have happened if they hadn't gotten married? What happened if mom would never conceive me? Oh, I'm glad she did. And what if in the early days they hadn't stayed close to the Lord and served him? What if I had not been raised in a Christian home? What if mom and dad had not conceived the child and been born on June the 21st of 1950? Young man was very sick, almost died in the hospital. But what if mom and dad hadn't known Jesus and hadn't known the power of prayer and hadn't known a pastor, hadn't went to church, hadn't known a pastor, hadn't anybody to pray with them? What happened if... They hadn't had all the circumstances. I would have died. As I understand, I wasn't there. I was there, but I don't remember being born. If you have, God bless you. I don't remember that. Don't want to go. I wouldn't want to remember it. But as a young child, that fluid epidemic, they called, I guess, everything back then flu. But that flu epidemic actually wiped out a couple of kids. And God saw fit for me to live. And thank God he got the past. They got the pastor and prayed and, and uh, God healed me. What if I had not been raised in church and taught the word of God as a young child? What if my dad had not accepted an offer to move from Alanay, Texas, which is about 100 miles west of here, and I know Rowdy knows only very well. <laughs> what if he hadn't, in 1962 of December, the first week of December, he had not taken an opportunity that his brother, who was president of the corporation, if he hadn't offered him a job in Tucson, Arizona, what happened if Dad would have said, no, I want to stay here in the oil field? 
What if my wife's parents in 1952, no, 1950, had not been moving all the way from Indiana to Tucson, Arizona, to go there for a better climate for her grandfather, who was ill and had asthma and problems, breathing problems? What would happened if they hadn't moved to Tucson, Arizona years before we moved? What if my wonderful mother-in-law had not conceived a beautiful lady, that blonde over in the corner? Thank God it wasn't a boy. Her father and mother, they had three daughters, and the fourth one was, well, she was the third one. The fourth one came along. It was a girl. So they had all girls, and my wife told me a couple of days ago that she wanted to, my dad wanted her to be a boy, and I said, oh, I'm sure glad he didn't. you weren't. What had happened if I, at a young age, at 12 and a half years old, when we went to Tucson, Arizona, what happened if I hadn't started to work? What if I decided to do something else in life other than come to work at this cafeteria called Furs? Good evening. God bless you for coming. Hi. See, you can do that with not many people here. The pastor's gone, so don't tell him, okay? What would happen if in 1968, no, 67, 60? Six, 1966, and let's see, August of 1966. If she hadn't went to this, went to this cafeteria to make an application for employment, what if? See, she went to work there while I was working there. What if she hadn't decided to go that day? And what if my dad, who I was glad hired her, what if he would have hired somebody else? Now go, see, I'm going with this. This thing, this thing just gets bigger and bigger. It's kind of like a piece of meat chewing on you. Sometimes it gets bigger and bigger in your mouth. But what happened if she wouldn't have been hired? And what happened if she would have never, ever went out with me? I was bashful. I didn't want to ask her. Matter of fact, I didn't ask her out. Someone else had to ask her out for me. I asked the butcher. I said, would you please, Wayne, go ask that pretty girl if she would go out with me? And there's a lot more funnier stories go with that I don't have time to go into. But what if we hadn't gotten married in June the 30th of 1969? And what if we had not conceived three children, one of which the pastor of this church January 21st, 1974. That is right, correct? 1974. What happened if he had not been conceived and born? Blake Anthony Andrews. What if he had not, in his testimony, as he said before, what would have happened if he had not accepted Jesus that night during that Tuesday night about 9.30 at night, he started running to the altar, stayed there after midnight, tears and snot running everywhere, and he got saved that night, and God changed his life forever. What would have happened if he would have stayed on that back row and left sunshade zone and never went up and repented? What if? What if? What if he had never heard the call of God on his life? 
What if he had just said, I don't have anything, I'll get saved, but I don't want to answer any call. And he almost said that because his life was on, on a different direction. Basketball was his game. And he wanted to play so bad. Got in the scholarship. You've heard the story. Got a scholarship. Loved to play basketball. And we have two ball players. Can, right, guy Dave? These guys back here, Brian and Dave, plays ball with him. And uh, at his age, I guess he still plays pretty good, doesn't he? <laughs> I, I like to say I taught him all he knows. But I'm not a basketball player, so I can't lie about that. What if he hadn't got saved that night? What if he hadn't been called to ministry? What if he hadn't obeyed God and left school and went to Costa Rica to learn the language to meet a lady named Carla? And what if that night he hadn't gone to that church where they were together and met? See, I'm going with this? Amazing. Everything connects in your life. What if Carla had said, I'm not going out with him? I can't imagine that, can you, Marvin? Pretty as she is, I can't imagine that he, he couldn't persuade her to go, and he did, and they went out. Funny story about that is the guy that went with him to, to uh, Costa Rica in our church tried to hit on her and get her to go out, and Blake went out. Thank God. What if they hadn't had children, two beautiful daughters, who are great Christian ladies? Amen, Marvin? What, isn't it wonderful to have grandchildren? See, he and I share grandchildren. Pretty cool, huh? He says... Uh, he said, I'm the best grandfather, and I said, I'm the best grandfather most of the time because you're not here all the time. <laughs> but what happened if we had not come here in 1997 of September and started a business? What would have happened if we had stayed in Arizona? What would have happened if we had not started a church in Denton, Texas. What if? What if it was too hard? See, the devil tries to, tried to almost stop this thing from happening because my oldest son and him started a business. And within a matter of weeks, the thing took off. And they worked one month in it. It was powerfully blessed. But God called him and said, we need to do this. I need to do this. I need to, get a, I need to get a church service started. We need to get this thing kicked off. And he basically didn't work much and just started working in the church. And, and, uh, and we started in the living room, as you've heard before. And what if we hadn't got that first building? What if he hadn't got in there and started that one little building, which was a packed full of 80 people? What if? Now, I always, we joke about this because he has a lot of faith. And tonight he's probably preaching on faith, but he lives faith. I will assure you he has faith. Because I told him, I said, if it was up to me, we'd still be back in the living room. 
with my faith. But we ventured out, got that first building. And what if young man that was in our church, he drove by this building over there on Fort Worth Drive. What if he had not drove by there and saw that rent sign out there, for lease, rather? What if we had not gone to that building? And what if we had not started a church there? How many were there at the old church? We all were there at the old church. What if God had not led him to that church? What happens if, if they hadn't torn down our sign? Think about it. What if they hadn't widened the road? We'd probably still be there. What if Robert Ayala, how do you say that? Ayala? Huh? Ayala. Okay. I'm tongue-tied when it comes to Spanish. What if Robert hadn't drove by here one day and saw a lease sign out there? What if, once we begin to talk to the gentleman, Jimmy, Jimmy uh, Smith, what happened if Jimmy Smith would have said, no, we're going to lease it to the other people instead of leasing it to us? What if? Amazing, isn't it? What if? What if? It's a powerful word. Two-letter word. It can change destiny and destination in our lives. What if? What if you had said no when he asked you to get married? That's a scary thought, isn't it? Huh, Dave? There's more than 1,500 references to the word if in the Bible. What if? I asked Donnie. Donnie, I need to borrow $5 tomorrow. And Donnie said, Okay. There's a condition on that that I pay it back. Now you wouldn't make you wouldn't make me pay it back, would you? I I know I know you, but I would pay it back because I made a covenant with you and a commitment to you that I'd pay that money back to you tomorrow if I borrowed it today. See, God doesn't break His covenant and commitments to us at all. It's an agreement that we have between Him and us. What happened if we served a God where I said, Donnie, ain't paying you back. Tough luck. Go find it somewhere else. That'd been terrible. What happened if God was that kind of God to do that? Thank God he's not. Titus 1, 2, a faith and knowledge resting in the hope of eternal life which God does not lie. Promises from the beginning of time. He promises something he carries through with it. When God gives a commandment, it's not like he's saying, if you want to, you can do it. There's no ifs in the commandments in that part of it. When he said it, he'll do it. Bumper stickers a lot of times are, are annoying to me. I don't have bumper stickers on my car. I remember years ago, it seemed like back in the 70s, most of the cars were held together by bumper stickers. If they hadn't been bumper stickers, the car would have probably fell apart. <clears throat> now, we're all allowed to have a bumper sticker on the back that says Victor World Outreach or BWO. That's great. But that's the only bumper sticker I, 
I can't stand to have those on the cart. To me, it ruins them. But that's just me. Sometimes bumper stickers can get you in trouble. Be careful that if you have a bumper sticker that says, honk if you love Jesus, and then the guy cuts you off and you honk back at him and do some nasty things to him, what happens if you're driving down the road smoking a cigar and drinking a beer, and you say, oh, hi there. I'm sorry I didn't know you went to church with me. You know, uh-oh. But anyway, on that part of the bumpers, there was a bumper sticker one day. Guy said he saw this. It said, God said it. That settles it. I believe it. A young girl saw that, and she didn't understand that. She didn't quite resonate with that word. So she's trying to figure out what it meant. She finally found out, if God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, she went to her pastor while he was preaching one day. He was saying the same thing, that same three words. And she said, no, she said, uh, that's not right, Pastor. Rose raised her hand up and said, wait a minute. That's not right, Pastor. So God said it. It settles it. You don't have to believe it. And the, I can just see mom and dad saying, oh, sit down, girl, or I'll whoop you. But they learned something that day that what she said was the truth. If God said it, it settles it, whether we believe it or not. Praise God. The pastor was surprised that day on the comment, but she had boldness. Kids are that way. Let me know that kids will tell the truth. Kids will come up and tell you your breath stinks if you don't want to hear it. They'll just tell you. Kids are that way. They're the real deal, them kids are. Love kids. Love to see kids healthy. Love to see kids doing well. My dad told me a story one time. He saw a bunch of kids acting up in the, the cafeteria. And mom and daddy were trying their best to keep them quiet and trying their best to keep them from disturbing everybody around them while they're eating. <clears throat> My dad went over to him and said, aren't you glad that your children are here with you? Aren't you glad they're able to eat? Aren't you glad they're not in the, the hospital in town, biggest hospital in town? Aren't you glad they're healthy enough to cry and do well? And I got to, I got to thinking about that is kids are going to cry, kids are going to act up, but thank God that they're doing well. They're able to come be a church. We got, we got little ones around here that run around, think they own the place. That's okay. I remember the same thing when I was a child. I used to lay under the chairs and... Uh, we had pews back then, didn't have chairs, big old pews. And I used to lay under there when I was a kid and, and uh, fall asleep on a blanket. That's how I remember being raised in church. So as long as they come to church, that's important. If you, your, your, uh, your friends, if your friends lead you off into a wrong road, then you we've been on a path for a long time that's the wrong path. But if you're on the right path, it goes a long time. Sometimes we work hard. If we work hard, we get promotions. If we work hard, we get blessed. If you wait on the right spouse, David, God will bless you. 
If you work hard and meet the goals, you will. If you eat the wrong things, you'll get fat and unhealthy. If you event, it will eventually catch up with you. I know there's not many of us that have small children. We have one on the way, and, and you have a small child. But I will assure you one thing for sure. If I had had the choice to go back, if I had the choice to go back right now in my life, I would have honestly done things differently. I would have gave my children better food. My wife was good about it. You're always giving good meals. But I, I made wrong choices and ate wrong things and didn't, wasn't healthy as a child. And I had to have surgeries to get back, put back together. But what if it's a, it was a, a famous movie called Field of Dreams? Field of Dreams? It said, what if he hadn't built that field, that ballpark out in the middle of the field? They would have never came. So the, the, the story is he built it and they came. But what if he hadn't built the Field of Dreams? God has a, a big list. He has a big list of ifs in the Bible. If you want to turn your Bible to Genesis 4-7, if you have your Bibles. Genesis 4-7. says, if you do what is right, you will not be, you will, you, will you not be accepted? If you do not do what is right, sin or Satan is crouching at the door. It desires you to have you, but you must master it. You must master it. I like that word, uh, uh, crouching, because it's a perfect word for what Satan does. He crouches around the corners. He tries to get you on the corner side. Try to get you to do their own things. Exodus 19.5. Turn there if you would. Right, next book over. Exodus 19.5. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my commandments, then out of all nations you'll be my treasured possession Deuteronomy 6:25 and if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God as he's commanded us that will be our righteousness Deuteronomy 8.19 If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed. Deuteronomy 11.26-28 A very familiar scripture that we use at the time of offering. See, I am setting before you today 
a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm going to give you today. The curse if you disobey the commandment of the Lord your God and turn from the way that I commanded you today by following other gods which you have not known. Aren't you glad that you made the right decision on choosing the right God? Amen? Psalms 91, 9 through 10. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is in is my refuge, there no harm will come befall you, and no disaster will come near your tent. See, God has a lot, and I have a lot more I could read tonight, but for the sake of time, I will not read all the scriptures. But I hope tonight as I begin to talk about the two-letter word if, that it starts you thinking about the fact that what if you had not received Jesus in your life? Where would you be? Where would we be? There's no song. If it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? Thank God for his salvation. Thank God for his mercy and his grace. Stand tonight if you would, please. Praise the Lord. As we end up tonight, I want to take a few minutes to some altar time. In about seven or eight minutes, we're going to start the video or the attempt to. Chris is back there working hard on it. Thank God for Chris tonight. And that uh, we'll watch this uh, conference if you'd like to stay. But as we go to the Lord in prayer tonight, Father, we're so thankful for all your blessings. We thank you, God, tonight that we have put our trust in you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Tonight, God, we accept you and know, God, that you're doing what you said you would do, and that is to send your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross. Thank you on that third day for being our risen Savior. Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for these blessed people. Thank you, God, for your word that's true and everlasting from everlasting. And we love you and we honor and we glorify your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Make some opportunity to come around the altar and pray for a few minutes. While Chris, you want to play a song if you can, please. Hallelujah. Father, tonight we thank you. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. From whom all blessings flow. We thank you, God, right now that you're about to move mightily in the church service up there in Colorado Springs, that your spirit will move mightily upon them. Give them an ear to hear tonight, God. God, anoint Blake tonight like you've never anointed him before. Give him the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit tonight to move upon him, that the word he gives out tonight will be in due season. The word he gives out tonight be a night of a miracle, signs and wonders, God. There'll be people running to the altar. They don't know you as their Savior, God, tonight to come into the presence of the mighty King of King and the Lord of Lords tonight, God. 
that you're, you're going to move mightily, God, in that service. We declare this, and we set ourselves in agreement tonight with you in this concern, this service tonight. We thank you, God, for so far in this conference, God, the words you have given people to preach the word tonight. God, with power and might, we thank you, God, tomorrow and the rest of the week, God, your spirit's going to move on mightily. And we thank you, God, for moving on our time of service on Sunday morning and Sunday night. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do in that service as we all gather back together. And, God, we just give you the praise. We give you the thanks in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.